and I realized that life's too fucking short. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are talking about toxic relationships, toxic jobs. What does toxic really mean, and when do you need to get out, and how can you do it? We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hey, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Nick Glover. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Molly Glover. It's me, Molly Glover. And Tim Wick. You know that I'm toxic. <laughs> and uh, we, this week, we're going to talk about uh, choosing or, or figuring out when to leave a toxic situation. Mm. Uh, uh, like, you know, do I stay in this nuclear waste and try to become toxic? <laughs> Thank you. Or, or do I, do I leave for for the surrounding suburbs with my mop to go fight evil? Okay, so for real though, like one thing I do, I, 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 I should, I, this is too reductive. I don't hate the word toxic. I think it gets overused, much like the word gaslighting. Uh, and I think that the word toxic gets applied to people that people just don't like or situations that they just don't want to be in anymore. And I feel like there's a, a pretty significant difference to something that's literally like making you sick and harming you actively and something where you're just like, you're done. Like you're done with it. So, you just don't want sure. to be involved with it anymore. So let's define terms then. Is yeah. a toxic relationship or a toxic situation an abusive situation? I think it can be, but I think you can also have a toxic relationship or situation where you want to stay and make it work like you wish no one's being abusive it's just that like the 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 two of you together or the you and the job or you and the the you know the i don't know for some you know the the band or whatever right yeah. like that it's just it's draining you in ways that you can't come back from okay sure. that's so, me that's to me what it is right sure or like and when i it's irreparable hmm. When I use that term, I think that is actually the way I think of it. When I think of, of a toxic situation that you need to get out of, it's because it's causing harm. Um, so, you know, the reason I, I mentioned this topic is because I quit my job a few weeks ago because I really mm -hmm. did feel it was it was reaching a toxic a, a point of, of, of being toxic in the sense that, uh, you know, if I if I made the smallest of mistakes, I got called on it to the point that. If I made a small mistake, rather than owning up to it, what I was trying to do is hide it because getting caught was worse. And that's not yeah. something you find yourself doing normally in that's your life. That's not, that's not, I, I don't have a problem admitting when I make a mistake, right? I, we all make mistakes a lot. Um, but the fact was that I was made to feel very small and crappy anytime a mistake was made. Um, even though the person who made me feel that way made plenty of mistakes on their own, but you couldn't call them on it because they were the boss. Mm -hmm. So it, it felt toxic. It was, it was there. I had to decompress when I got home because I felt shitty every day when I got home from work. Um, 
Even if so, even if I didn't get called on something that day, every day I was sitting there with the anxiety that, am I going to screw something up and get called on it? And every time I got called on it, it felt shitty. It wasn't handled in a way that was understanding that human beings are human beings and it was a complicated system and in complicated systems, mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and it, so that that to me, it very much was a toxic situation. Being in a job you don't like isn't necessarily toxic, right? You know, we most of us. Yeah, and I would say most people ha- feel like they have to decompress when they come home from their job. Yeah. like that's a, that's a normal feeling. Um, but if it's making you feel like like you're physically Sick. ill or like you're afraid to go to work, then that's yeah. definitely not a situation. It's, so then, okay, so let's expand on the the definition and stuff that we were talking about before a little bit. Then is uh, if someone says they're like in a toxic relationship, right? Mm-hmm. That isn't necessarily like one person doing that to you. It can be a a a you two together. Like, what's the um, like codependent? Um, uh, is it die hard with the bombs that are the two chemicals that mix and they, oh, they form true. a bomb right on their own each is stable and perfectly fine but when you mix them together they they become a uh, highly explosive and unstable is it i a, believe that's some, uh die hard with a vengeance nick right. die hard with a vengeance. is that yeah is yeah. that uh with the with the schools is that um is there is this something someone automatically is doing to someone else or, or establishing, or can it just be the wrong elements or to you? Like um, something that's toxic to, to us isn't necessarily toxic to a fish, right? Right. It sure. could be you, that environment is toxic to you. It is poisonous to you, mm-hmm. but it's not a fault necessarily to be ascribed. Is that accurate or is that wrong? I, I think so, because there's definitely situations where you see two people and you're just like, like, I like you and I like you, but you two together are fucking awful. Like you guys, you guys bring out the worst in each other. Like when you're together, you're meaner, you know, you're, you're, you, you both get for some, a lot of people, uh, uh, alcohol abuse is involved. If it's like you, when you two go out drinking, you become bad people, you know, like, or like, you know, you know, you always have. Everyone always has uh, that friend where your parents are like, that kid's a bad influence on you. Right. And maybe you realize you as the kid are like, we're kind of bad influences on each other. Like Mm -hmm. we kind of like we kind of goad each other into doing bad stuff. You know, it's not really like they're making me do it. We're kind of we're when we're together, we're going to be bad kids, you know, like. And so I I think it's definitely you can definitely have equal parts in that kind of a thing. Well, and I would I would uh, say in my situation that sort of inspired this my feeling was that there was blame to go on, on both sides that I, I was not dealing with the way my boss wanted to be my boss. And my boss was not dealing with me in a way that was productive and helpful. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it it was a relationship that, that I felt I was trying to fix. And she also probably felt that she was trying to fix, but I don't think either one of us were trying to fix it in a way that was actually fixing it. And it was the reason that I eventually removed myself because I didn't feel like, it was. A, I felt like it was a toxic relationship that wasn't going to get better if mm-hmm. if, well, and, oh. if I stayed in the middle of it. Well, and I mean, does fault even necessarily need to come into it? Because mm-hmm. can can people do nothing wrong and it still ends up being a toxic or unhealthy 
situation or relationship. So I feel like, you know, to, to kind of, I think religion often mm-hmm. is, is for some people, it is a great thing that brings them joy, comfort, and peace, community, whatever. Maybe they go to one of those good churches we keep hearing about where everyone's, you know, <laughs> Yeah, Tim, you're that's where the you're, good cops are. Let's just find them. But like, you know, for some people, they're like this, this, like I was a bad person and a toxic person and this saved my life and now I'm a good person. So sure. Sure. But I feel like for a lot of people, especially people who are listening to this show, uh, to them, the, the, the church was toxic okay. and it was actively harming them, even though those people weren't necessarily doing anything bad. Like, I feel like every time I've ever been at a church, I've never been preached uh, homophobia. Or even like really misogyny beyond the the vague stuff that just kind of always the is background apparent. Of- right, right. But like, I've never been to a church where you could say, "Oh, this was a bad church," and they said they said terrible shit to you. But like, it to me, it felt like a very toxic environment for me. I did not feel like I could thrive or live mm-hmm. in a religious environment whatsoever. I couldn't work in a, for a religious school. I couldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to work for a, co- a corporation that had uh, Christian values. That wouldn't work for me. Well, we've definitely talked to people who have left religion <coughs> because of, you know, harm, harmful mm-hmm. uh, relationships either with their, you know, like a family member who has been, you know, cast down from the church and they left with them or just because it was in the case of some some guests we've had on a literal actual cult. Yes. Um, yes. That, they, that they've left, right? So... I feel like there certainly are examples where there is someone doing something wrong and mm-hmm. being abusive. Oh, definitely. And that's creating a toxic environment. But it, it seems like this can happen without anyone being at fault, though I wouldn't say that's usually what comes to mind when someone just talks about mm-hmm. like a like if someone's talking about a toxic workplace, you can probably pretty safely assume that they're talking about the Renaissance Festival. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to lie that I had thought of that already. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, because I know that's, that's, that's kind of part of that's it. That's why we quit. One was... of the reasons, yeah. One of the reasons things I wanted to talk about with this was like, so, you know, we left that because we felt like it was a toxic relationship. Tim, you're staying, even though you agree with all the reasons we left. Yep. So like, that to me says that like there can be different levels of what you're willing to accept. Sure. Um, and so like, you know, for you, Tim, specifically, like for the job you had that you just left, because, you know, as you're saying to you, it was toxic. It felt bad. It made you feel so bad. You, you literally, you, you couldn't do it another day. You had to quit. Yep. Um, and, 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 but the, but you've never had that with the Renaissance festival. How do you, how do you feel about when people talk about the Renaissance festival as being toxic and being like a terrible place to work? That's bad for workers. Uh, they're Right. Um, it, the, the main reason that it is not driven me away is because I've found a niche that effectively insulates me from the bulk of the toxicity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's not, you know, and I'm not going to say it's, it's okay or it isn't, it just is what it is that, that uh, within the framework of what I do at the festival, I am able to separate myself from the really horrible pieces of it and create something good. Um, and I feel good enough about what I'm creating and 
that I can't really create it anywhere else in the same way mm-hmm. that that it doesn't impact me the same way. Uh, sure. And, you know, and it's 15 days a year versus every day of, you know, five days a week. That's fair. You know, to yep. the, uh, eight hours a day. Uh, and I think that that, <clears throat> that probably... If I did the Renaissance, the minute if I worked for the Minnesota Renaissance Festival five days a week, mm-hmm. eight hours a day, I probably would. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So, how do people def- set those boundaries? Like, like is it is it just specific things like oh, my tolerance for this particular behavior or this particular thing is is lower, and that's what th- threw me over the edge? Is it? the amount of time you're exposed to it. Oh, not, mm. not like, you know, per week, but like over time, right. Over years or whatever. Like how, how do people, I don't know. It's kind of a very, very subjective question to say, how do people define their own, you know, I am in a toxic situation. It's time for me to get out because these thresholds have been crossed, mm-hmm. but like in, in a, in a non-specific way, how do people figure that out or how, what are, what are things that people are like, fuck this is it. I'm done. Hmm. For like, me, did you want to No, Like, well, um, you, you go ahead. Yeah. For me, I feel like the, the times that I've walked away from what I felt was a toxic situation, even though it was something often, you know, Renaissance Festival is one example, uh, something that I loved doing, uh, it, 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 it is because I have decided that to stay means I am complicit in the toxicity because to stay means I am saying I am okay with the way that, ev- that this place is treating. I am okay with the, the way mm-hmm. things are going. Sure. I'm okay with business as usual for this company, for this, uh, you know, whatever, you know, this group, this, you know, uh, in some cases, uh, this friend group. Sure. You know, and to say that, like, the way that you are all behaving, if I stay, then the other people who are here who might be feeling the way I'm feeling are going to be like, well, I like and respect Molly and she's staying. So obviously the way I feel must be that it's not that I must be wrong. It must not be that bad. Mm. And to not speak up means that you're letting other people suffer because they're thinking that they should have to suffer, too, if you're willing to suffer. Hmm. Hmm. I think uh, for for me, I can think of. I was trying to think of examples of, of when I found myself in this situation. I, I think that I, I couldn't think of a lot offhand, but it could be a not seeing forest for the trees situation. I know there have been people that I'm friends with, that I'm friendly with, that I get along with, and people that I like that we cannot be friends on social media mm, mm-hmm. because of the way they use it or of the way I use it mm-hmm. are vastly different and it is not healthy to friendships for us to be to be acquainted on on social media oh, yeah. because someone will say something and someone else will say something and then it's an argument and uh, you know someone's aunt is involved in being called a nazi and and all of a sudden you can't talk to each other at convergence but it, you know you got it so <laughs> i have a lot of my friends un- i have a lot of my friends unfollowed because- you have a lot of to pre- to prevent that so, so i don't have to, so i don't have to see their bullshit cuz so i can't harm your friendship yep okay yep. That's a good boundary, I feel like, where you can still keep tabs. And And we're still still friends. And it's not like a big deal. They don't know I unfollowed them. I just just don't. I just can't handle it. Tim, what about you? Um, What what are thresholds for you? Or how do you decide? 
You know, and I, I'm not going to lie, my thresholds are a little more selfish uh, in in the sense that um, when I've found myself in a need to remove myself from a, from a, a situation like that, it's been because I emotionally, intellectually just can't take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is impacting my life. And I think that you know, I was thinking about this from an atheist perspective when I when I was thinking about quitting my job. I was like, I don't I don't know how much longer I have left to live. Right. 10, 20 years. Who the fuck knows? Right. I'm 55. I could die tomorrow. My dad died know. when he was 49. Um, yep. And I'm like, how many more days do I want to spend feeling like this? Yeah. And that's and a really. Yep. The answer is zero. I don't. Because once I'm done, I'm done. And granted, I'll be dead, so I won't. I won't look back on it with regret. But I, I would rather find something else to do with my time, with my life, that doesn't make me feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's that. That is the line in the sand that that I was able to draw. Mm-hmm. And I think it's is, the is same way. With, my, is this worth a, a slice of my mortality? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's uh, how I feel about the Shrek movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's definitely, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I, I, uh, one thing I decided that I would never do again. So after I had been in a six year relationship with somebody who treated me like shit for three of those years, and I was too afraid to leave because of what people would say, because it didn't feel like I had a good enough reason to leave. I used to, I used to to wish he'd hit me. I, oh, I used to wish he'd hit me just so that I could, because everyone knows if he hits you, you can leave, right? Everyone <laughs> knows that. No, no one would even question it. But if, but if it's just about like, I'm not happy. I, I don't think he treats me well. People don't, <coughs> people don't hear that. They, they want to know what your real, what your good reason was for hurting someone else that they cared about, sure. that they like. Right. So like, and I decided after that, that I was never going to find my, I would never be in a situation again where I wouldn't just fucking like, like just, you know, I'm trying to think of a non-gendered term for for this, just, you know, clam up, balls up. I don't know, man up. I'm uh, trying to fortify think, yourself, fortify myself, fortify. Just be an adult and leave, <clears throat> just be an adult and leave and just be like, you know, I, I, and, and we have done that. You and I together have done that, you know, for things, for, yeah. for, for creative ventures. Sure. Um, there's been, you know, honestly, recent times where I have been like, this is a toxic situation and I need to leave it. And that has been resolved where I've been heard. And it's been like, we can fix this. Like, right. let's let's try to fix this and see if we can make it better so that you don't like want to die when you think about doing it like well, you know so like that and that's good there's always because sometimes you're leaving can instigate change and sometimes it won't and it means you do leave but like yeah. it, it can it's you got to be an adult i feel like and have the conversation and stick up for yourself because like you're saying tim like you are the only person you have you wherever you go there you are i mean i know it's trite but i, I love that phrase well it's um <laughs> Uh, I mean, exit inter- interviews, right? Like, yes. Um, if you're, if you're, Tim, did they give you an exit interview? No, no. Okay. Well, I mean, nor I mean, did I ask for one. Did you give notice, or did, or did you, were you? No, just I like, said I'm done. Okay. I said I said okay. I'm so. done. And part of it was because uh, the person before me who had left the job had given two weeks' notice, and because he was a key holder, they basically were like, "Nope, we're walking out the door." And I'm like, "Well, you're going to walk me oh. out the door anyway, so I'm just yeah. going to quit today." Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that. Uh, 
if an employer doesn't do exit interviews for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I feel like that that is maybe not a full on red flag, but it, it it should certainly maybe give you pause uh, or reinforce your decision to quit. Uh, oh, that's you know that makes me think that would be a good if you're interviewing for a new job that would be a good interview question when they said do you have any questions for us be like you know did you conduct an exit interview on the person who vacated the position I'm filling and what are some of the things and, they and said? what are some of the things they said that you're going to fix you know like might be a really good question even cool. just did you do the exit interview yeah like do you do them here you know that's yeah I I think and the thing is like. And I'm sure a lot of, I mean, I know a lot of people listening to this are probably feeling trapped in their jobs because it's America. And even in non-America countries, a lot of people feel that way because we are uh, laboring under capitalism in nearly every country. But it 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 is still, and Tim, you are in a fortunate enough position that you were able to walk away from your job and, yeah, and, and, and not, yeah. and and not, not you know, immediately be unable to, to hit, to, to make, make house payments. And, right. you know, right. And that's a good privilege to have. It is a good privilege to have. And I recognize that not everybody is in that situation. But I think that um, if you find yourself in that situation, you owe it to yourself to try and figure it out. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and because, because, yes, capitalism traps us to some extent, but it doesn't have to be, you know, there, there are. There are stopgap solutions to get you through, you know, a few weeks, months while you figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. and it, what would those be? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm driving right now. I'm, I'm, I, I, I have found another way to make income while I'm putting together my resume and, and putting together a job. And, and those, 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 uh, piecework kind of jobs are out there, um, as one way to mm-hmm. get yourself mm-hmm. through. Big, big work. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, if you're talking about a toxic relationship where that, that can be more difficult, if you're like, well, you know, our lives are intertwined and our homes are intertwined and everything like that. And that, that I think, becomes a really complicated negotiation mm-hmm. with yourself. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get away from this? Um, I think the hardest thing for a lot of us to realize is that we have friends that can help. <laughs> um and it's, it's, uh, you know, having been like with a friend who was in an abusive relationship and thought that she couldn't get out because where would she go? And then when she finally realized that she had to get out, she discovered she had all sorts of places to go. Sure. That, mm-hmm. that there were I, tons of doors that were open. And I think in most cases there are doors that are open, but sometimes you have to have the courage to ask for them. Anytime I feel like someone's, uh, independence is hampered you know maybe financial independence in these examples right is is tied into this where their their survival is tied into it all of a sudden extracting yourself from those situations becomes a fuck of a lot more Mm -hmm. complicated yeah or their potential you know physical violence or anything like that obviously that makes things more complicated Mm -hmm. where you have might have to do some planning and preparation and realizing that, you know, I'm in a situation that is harmful to my, my mental or physical health, mm-hmm. but leaving would be worse. So I have to suffer this while I figure out and prepare and get all my shit together in a way where I can then leave. Whether that's like, I need to open my own checking account mm-hmm. and start putting money in that instead of this shared account or 
you know, putting together your resume and looking for another job or finding another part-time job while you look for something, something else. Like, I feel like it's, it's sometimes it's not as easy as just saying I'm done with this. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it, it, um, sucks in other ways that are (laughs) more extended as well. Yeah. There's also uh, an option we haven't really talked about that I think is very valid and that's uh careless. Uh, It doesn't work for every toxic situation that you may find yourself in. But if you, I mean, honestly, for jobs, especially if you find yourself, uh, if you're crying at work, if you are, if you are so stressed at night, you get done with your job and you're so exhausted and stressed that you can't even eat. You just need to go to bed. You know, you're feeling depressed. Uh, uh, Honestly, a big thing you can do is care less about your job, Mm. care less about your work care just be less invested find a way to to reduce your investment yeah. in the company's success in your boss's happiness in your coworkers like to be honest like if it's like oh my god if i call in everybody else is going to be slammed at the restaurant today I don't really give a fuck. To be honest, you got to care less. It's not about not caring about other people. It's about sometimes you need to be a little more self-interested to be able to survive. If you can't Mm -hmm. leave, if leaving just isn't going to work for you, Mm -hmm. then a good, and this worked for you at your job. Uh, When I, uh, before I was, uh, became a manager, when I was a network engineer, I was thoroughly unhappy for a while there and yeah, I mean, a big a big part of the solution was an attitude adjustment to to caring less. Mm-hmm. And because if I if I wanted to maintain my quality of work, and just like the work ethic I was kind of raised with, or that had been, you know, beaten into me by <laughs> growing up in American institutions, mm-hmm. um, if I wanted to to meet those goals, I would have worked myself to death there's there would always be more work and there would always be a desire for a higher quality and those goals are unmeetable and unending Mm -hmm. and so if you can't control that then what you can control is how much of yourself you're willing to sacrifice for that and you can just give less of yourself to that it works with friendships too. It's a little harder with romantic relationships, but it, I mean, that does, I, I checked out of my, the aforementioned shitty romantic relationship. I just sort of checked out toward the last six months of it. I was just like, I just, I, we're going to end up breaking up and I just, I just don't care as much anymore. And that helped. But like with friendships, for sure, if you've got a friend who you feel, if it's one of those situations, where it's like, you know, you always talk about her. You're always doing what she wants. She's always got problems, drama. Like it's always about, you know, you feel it's very one-sided. You're, you feel, or even worse, you feel like you're being taken advantage of. You feel like you're being treated like a, you know, like a free therapist and not a friend or whatever else. Like there are, you can, you can disconnect, you know, on, on following on social media. Uh, I have a, She's not listening to this podcast. I have my mom muted on Twitter. I just, I just don't, I don't need to see it, but I know if I unfollowed her, she'd lose her mind. So like, she she would, but, but also just, you know, and, and that's just something, there are tools that you can do just to kind of, even just like a, a step back can really help you because the thing about toxicity is it. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy in that the longer you are in a toxic situation, the more poisoned you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like if you can, if, if you, if you're standing up to your neck in literal poison, 
that's a big difference from having just your feet in it, right? Like, so just if you can remove yourself a little bit from it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, to, to use my personal situation again, uh, you know, I was in that, I've, I've been in jobs before that I didn't care about, that I didn't particularly enjoy. And I was able to come home and not give a shit. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that this job, I came home and spent an hour still giving a shit and still feeling shitty about the job was the first sign that, you know, I wasn't able to disconnect from it. Um, and in fact had been told that I wasn't supposed to disconnect from it. And I was supposed to be checking my email when I was at home, when I wasn't technically scheduled to work. Uh, so, you know, the fact that I couldn't disconnect myself from that situation made it very difficult to not care. And I think that's, you know, if you're in that kind of position, then it's time to really try and figure out a way out. Um, sure. you know, and I fortunately, yeah, yeah, having a support net- network network is important, right? I have a partner in life who, when I said, I don't think I can do this for another day said, we'll figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And having somebody say that to you is super important that they're, they're willing to say, yeah, you know what? We'll sit down, we'll figure it out. And, and you have some, that support. And sometimes you don't have that and that can be really hard. And that's why maybe you need to look for that support. I um, found out today that I have a coworker who uh, doesn't like to work from home because he is personally unable to disconnect his work life from his home life if he's doing that at home. The physical location. The physical is a part location of it. is a part of it, and so he was much happier w- at work, and his work life balance was more, uh, uh, f- you know, better for his mental health. When he started going back to the office four days a week, and that fifth day was just kind of a break from the office to work from home from still, mm-hmm. but working from home five days a week was was too much because of. Not because of the job, because for the same reason, I like to work from home because it's a better work-life balance for me. It's a le- it's a it's a, it's better for my life and personality. The opposite for him, yeah. And and just figuring that out and asking about those changes and making it happen was you know a big part of it for for him. Yeah. It's it's but it sounds it sounds fucking crazy to me, <laughs> but that's that's how it goes. Knowing yourself is important. Mm-hmm. knowing what you need and being able to speak up for those needs, I feel is a big part of being an adult. Like when I say be an adult and, you know, do the thing, a lot of that is because you need to be able to speak up for yourself yeah. or you're, you will just find yourself in abusive relationship after abusive relationship. Word. Well, let's, Hey Molly. Yeah. I think, you know, we have, what's that? I think we have, Five answers. What are five questions <laughs> from a listener? Yes, we have five answers from not just a listener, a patron, Yay. Ruby Palmer. Hey, Ruby Palmer. And not only this, I just want to point out to all you slackers that Ruby has already answered our five questions and she's doing it again because she noticed that we were low and didn't have anybody answering the question. She answered the call, she came to our aid. She's, you know, she's, she's pretty great. (laughs) You're amazing, Ruby. Tim, do you want to start us off? Boy, would I love to. Hey, uh, Ruby, what game uh, have you played recently that you really enjoyed? Magic Maze. As the area fills out one tile at a time, people work together to get the mage, warrior, elf, and dwarf to their special items and out again. Each player has 
different movements they are responsible for and can perform those movements on any of the characters. For example, person one may be responsible for movements east and west, while person two is responsible for movements north and south, and person three is responsible for movement on stairs. The hmm. key is that you cannot talk. It's oh, true. Fun. So if one I've person is game. not... If one person is not understanding what the others are trying to do, it can get frustrating as they keep moving the heroes in the wrong direction. There is a solid wooden figure, which is used to let someone know you are waiting for them to do something. You grab it and tap it on the table in front of the person to get their attention. And hopefully they will look at the board and see what they should be doing. We have a blast with this one. This- I have played this game. It is a frustrating but amazing game. Because, yeah, there are so many times you'll be sitting there going tap, 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 tap at somebody. And it's so goddamn obvious. Just go up the goddamn stairs. Look at this thing. (laughs) But you can't, like, tap it near the thing to be, like, tap, tap, tap right next to it. Like, this this fucking pawn right here is the one you need to fucking move. Uh, The other thing she doesn't uh, mention is that it's timed. So you only have a certain amount of time to get it done. And there are points where you can move up a piece and the timer freezes. Mm-hmm. And you can discuss. Oh, that's great. So that's you'll great. you'll like freeze the timer and you have X amount of time. Technically, you just flip the timer back over. Um, that's super fun. That sounds and super then you fun. have you have until the timer runs out to talk and then you got to flip it back over. Uh, and, and then you so you, you use the timer to go. All right. Here's our plan. And now everybody shut up. Let's execute the it. plan. So it's a great it. game. That's great. Yeah. Question two. What science fact or discovery do you think is really fucking cool? The fact that the first living ear implant made from the patient's own cells has been 3D printed and implanted successfully. Uh, <laughs> they 3D printed it with the person's own cells? They took the, per- per- the patient's own cells and used those to make a living ear implant that they 3D printed and s- implanted successfully. Oh, like a awesome. cochlear implant, I'm guessing, to, to add that with their own cells. Yeah. So it is an organic thing. Oh, that's great. That's so nuts. Cool. That's nuts. When they do that with that. a kidney, I'm going to be so excited. Uh, Are you missing a kidney? Chris, what? Are you missing a kidney? Well, I might someday. I'm diabetic. Anyway, (laughs) uh, where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Because we know it isn't religion. Exposure. The more people and nations different from what I know that I am exposed to, the better a person I become. That's a great answer. Yeah, Yeah, that is a great great answer. answer. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's, um, uh, that's something that people complain about with their... Sorry, that's something that like racist or bigoted or, or folks complain about when their kids go off to college. Oh yeah. They're they, getting exposed to they, all those they, ideas. That kid got ruined and came back woke. It's Can't like, have drag queens reading to our kids. Then they might think those are okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah it's, exactly. You get exposed to new, new people and new ideas. And That's you, great. You know, become maybe a little bit more tolerant. I feel the same uh, way about religion. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Ruby, if you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for the rest of your life, what would you choose? No change here from my last answer, prepping and cooking supper. I get distracted in other things, and I often don't think about food until I'm practically passing out. Then I just put something together as quickly as possible. A supper robot would keep me eating a proper supper every single night, which would be so much better for me than what I do now. I would love a supper robot. I would. I am a supper robot. <laughs> I, am, I literally, I make, I love, I love making meals. Like I, I make food all the time. I am, it is something I very much enjoy. And also I'm a robot. <laughs> uh, question number five. What is a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? Box 
machina. Oh, yeah. It may not teach you anything, but it is so fucking amazing. Scanlan is the first cartoon character I've ever had a crush on. Partway through the second season, I decided if he could come to life, I would want him to be my second husband. (laughs) That's fantastic. Uh, uh, Ruby Palmer has a, she is part of Living Through Extinction, which is another podcast. It's great. You should listen to it. She says, thanks for the great shows you keep putting out. I enjoy every single one thoroughly. Uh, Give Living Through Extinction a listen because they are fans of ours and we are fans of theirs. Yeah. If um, uh, Vox Machina is the uh, animated series on Amazon prime based on the critical role uh, that Matt Mercer and his crew role-playing game that they stream online. The first campaign is Vox Machina and it's those characters doing the story that they did in the game, but kind of abbreviated and, and, you know, made digestible for TV um, with the same uh, voice actors playing their voices of their own characters because they're all also professional voice actors, which is great. Um, Scanlan Shorthalt is the uh, gnome bard, and he is definitely the epitome of the horny bard stereotype, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, I don't know if you've uh, heard this or not, Ruby, but the second campaign that the Critical Role folks did uh, in the same world, but in a different time period, it was called a uh, mighty nine N E I N and a teaser for that just came out recently. They are going to do that as an animated series on Amazon as well. So uh, more to look forward to from those folks. And in, in that same vein, uh, I love it. It's great. It's, it's dirty, violent, irreverent, funny, uh, sweet. It's everything you want. How exciting. Amazon actually doing a second season of a series. That's great. Fox yeah. Mac and a fucking rule. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, folks, if you want to be as amazing as Ruby, all you have to do is send us your answers to five questions at geekswithoutgod.com. Uh, we have the, uh, the questions on our website if you want to refresh your memory. Uh, just send them on in. If you include your address, we will send you a uh, shiny circular vinyl rainbow geeks without God sticker to put on your car, water bottle dog. Probably not dog. Probably not dog. <laughs> the dog will just lick it off. It won't yeah, last very just, long. When you peel it off, it'll yeah. take a bunch of fur with it. Yeah, and the dog won't be, not, happy. but you can put it on your hairless cat for a while. For a yeah. while. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would, I would not do that. If you want to, you're you going to get yeah, caught. You're going to wake up dead, but yeah, yeah I mean, definitely, definitely try, uh, <laughs> send them on. And if you're one of our patrons, if you mention that, we'll bump you to the top of the queue if we have multiple uh, sets of answers to read. We don't. Speaking of our patrons, <laughs> hey, thank you to our patrons. Yay. We really appreciate all your support. If you want to support Geeks Without God and keep us going, uh, pay the hosting bill and, and the domain registration and all that jazz, uh, you can support us on Patreon, where we post all of our episodes as soon as we get them edited 99% of the time. Uh, the last episode I, I forgot to upload until the day it went up live. So everyone got the, the, that one at the same time as everyone else. It's a rare how did, occurrence. How did it feel? How did it feel to be like that's, the commoners? That's, 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 <laughs> you know, th- isn't that the episode where uh, we had, we had, uh, connectivity problems the whole time and I'm basically not even on it except as, a uh, occasional syllables. That right. Quantum mania. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. correct. I was actually, I was, I was trying to broadcast from the quantum realm, and it just that's didn't what quite it was. work. Yeah, yeah. We all just got real small. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, support us on Patreon and you'll get episodes early, except for that one time when we reminded you how good you have it as a patron the rest of the time. Thank us, please. Otherwise, You're welcome. We've been God and we'll be back with another episode of Godless Fun for you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. We probably should have warned you that this episode contains mild spoilers for Toxic Avenger. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. I don't remember, but it looked good. <laughs>